My guest this week is Jason Hewlett. We talk about referrals for financial professionals and where this fits in a wider marketing plan. Welcome to episode 137 of the Marketing and Finance Podcast. This is the podcast for ideas and inspiration on marketing your business and growing your business and for discussing topics on all things finance. And now, here's your host, Roger Edwards. Hey folks, welcome to the show. Thanks, as always, for downloading or streaming the Marketing and Finance podcast. I really appreciate it whether you're listening to this on a train, plane, a boat, or in the car. As always, I'm Roger Edwards, a marketing guy from Edinburgh. I help people like you keep your marketing simple and the BS at bay. So let's talk to Jason Hewlett about referrals. We chat about the truth about financial services, social media and compliance. Why, even if you decide not to use social media to engage with clients, you should still use it to listen. Whether referrals are as important as they were, now we have social media and digital channels. How to avoid shiny new toy syndrome and focus on where your clients are and creating content your referral network can use. Jason is co-founder and business development manager at Speedy Consultants Limited. They started in 2003 and are a full-service internet marketing agency, mainly helping those in the personal finance and insurance niches. His area of specialism within the business is traffic generation, lead generation, and income generation via many activities including social media marketing, link building, affiliate marketing, lead generation, and business consultancy. So let's get straight into that interview with Jason right here on the Marketing and Finance Podcast. Jason, welcome to the Marketing and Finance Podcast. Thanks for having me. Jason, where are we Skyping each other from today? Um, well, I'm just outside uh, what was this morning, sunny Margate, so I'm down on the uh, North Kent coast. Oh, of course, and I've, I'm in Edinburgh, as always. Margate's really interesting. Uh, I've been following the redevelopment of uh, Dreamland in Margate, and of course, there's uh, probably one of the oldest roller coasters in the entire world, is it, at Margate? Yeah, there's there's a lot of stuff going on down here at the moment. So, um, yeah, it's uh, interesting times. It's sort of been fairly run down. Um, but it now seems to be getting some investment and a lick of paint. So, uh, no, it's it's all good. And the other thing, of course, is we have got several very good sandy beaches. Yeah, it's always good to come down in the summer. Yeah, having grown up in Blackpool myself, I have a keen interest in seaside towns. And as you say, it's really nice to see that sort of regeneration because for a lot of years, I think the seaside resorts had become quite dilapidated, hadn't they? So it's good to see them back on track. So Jason, you are working for a company with the intriguing name of Speedy Consultants. (laughs) <laughs> and you, you're focusing mainly on helping people in the financial services industry with their marketing and with their promotion. So it's going to be really interesting to, to talk to you about that and some of the things that you're seeing happening in financial services and how IFAs and how financial advisors are attracting clients and how they're getting their next clients through referrals or whether it's through content marketing or social media or whatever it is. But before we get into that, Jason... Please tell the listeners of the Marketing and Finance podcast a little bit about yourself. I started life uh, with the military. Mm -hmm. Um, My father was in the army. So I grew up, spent 20 years overseas. 
then came back from Germany um, and joined the Woolwich, what was Woolwich Building Society back in those days, right. as, as a business analyst. Um, so this is 90, oh, 94, 95. Right. Um, and got tasked with looking at this thing called the internet which was very very early days mm -hmm. this was the old dial-up modem type of days where you had a thing called netscape navigator oh, internet explorer that. wasn't around at that point google wasn't even around at that point so we got tasked to look at it as what 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 what's this internet what can it be used for and we basically came up with a few ideas um, none of which they ever implemented, but it was it was it was an interesting learning experience. Mm -hmm. I left them in ooh, 1996, 97, and went and probably listeners will probably start booing at this point. Um, I went off and helped launch the first personal finance aggregator. Right. So this was a site called MoneyNet, um, which was a precursor to. All the others, so Money Supermarket, Confused, Tesco's, all those guys, so that we were first. And what we learned even from those days, one of the major things that we needed to do to deliver traffic was content. Mm -hmm. So no matter the fact that we were new and, and exciting and it was something that you couldn't do, you still needed content wrapped around everything to, um, to, to basically deliver some kind of meaningful message to a consumer. Mm -hmm. So we started life there. Um, they sold the company, I think, in 2003. 2003, we set up Speedy. Um, Speedy's actually, bizarrely enough, kind of a funny story, um, is named after our first cat, um, Speedy. And the cat was actually named after David Speedy, who used to play for Scotland and for Chelsea. So not Speedy Gonzalez, which was my original thought. Not, not, <laughs> yeah, that, well, he's Speedy with a Y. Yeah, I thought there was a difference. <laughs> so, um, in fact, that story would probably be more interesting than, than, than the Chelsea connection. But, um, <laughs> Yeah, so that's sort of how that came about. Um, and basically what we what we do is we, we basically we have worked with all the aggregators. We've worked with a lot of lenders. We've worked with a lot of insurance companies. So when we talk about financial services, we talk about um, personal lending, credit cards, savings, investments, um, all the way through to sort of general insurance and sort of business, business insurance. So we cover quite a wide church. And within that, we can be a full service agency so we can do as much or as little as a client wants our usp if we have one in this space is the fact that all the people that work within the business of which i'm a co-owner mm -hmm. uh, with my wife we have all come from the industry right so we we un <clears throat> and i'm going to make a big broad brush statement here we understand compliance mm. so we understand compliance in the framework of marketing in that you can't say certain things we know that things within marketing a lot of the case studies you see are you know coca-cola red bull all that kind of stuff and, and as soon as you get a ifa or an investment house looking at the marketing i can't apply that to this space it doesn't work my industry is different mm. so we sort of take that whole process away and actually say well no it isn't mm. but we have to frame it through this prism of compliance to make sure that it works so that's sort of our usp and we've been doing that now yeah since 2003 that's really interesting, Jason. So so you could sit down with, a, say, a financial advisor and do a strategy for them. Then you could actually implement a brand for them, produce content for them, effectively, as you say, end-to-end -end marketing services. Yeah, I mean, we, and we do that. So with, with um, we seem to have picked up a few startups. Mm -hmm. and, and with startups, we're almost their marketing department. Right. So we, we've come up with a brand. We've helped them build the brand. We've helped launch the site. Pretty much because most of these startups tend to be online only entities. Mm -hmm. 
um, and we've done everything. So if you ring their marketing department, our phone rings. Mm. It, it can be that much, or it could be a an insurer that's got a big incumbent marketing department, but they need a particular skill set, and right. it's easier for them to outsource that skill set to us right. rather than develop it in-house. So it could be, for example, we manage their social media, right. or it could be we write their newsletter. Mm-hmm. It, it can it can be as much or as little as a client wants, really. And I think that's where we've sort of sat in a good position because we we can be totally flexible with a client, but we're also not precious to think we need to run everything or nothing. Yeah, and I think the compliance thing is absolutely key. And it, and it's interesting that you say that that's your USP because having worked in the financial services industry myself for a long time. One of the things that I got frustrated with when I was working in big corporate was how compliance always seemed to be a convenient excuse for not doing interesting stuff. The development of social media, the development of digital technology, moving into video, it was always the case that I was saying, let's see if we can integrate social media into our marketing strategy or let's see if we can integrate video. And there was so much pushback, oh, from a compliance point of view, we can't do that. And you're absolutely right. There's no reason why we can't use any of these things. It's just making sure that you frame it in the right way. And obviously, you don't break any of the regulations. But ultimately, social media, digital, video, it's just another marketing channel. And as long as you are not breaking any of the rules, there's no reason why you shouldn't be using it. I mean, we, we find, I mean, I, we always sort of laugh and joke, really. The easiest way to start a fight is to get two compliance people to, to look at the same piece of content. <laughs> yeah. um, and um, But one of the things that we do say to people is, you know, the FCA is starting to come out with guidelines. Their social media guidelines, for example, are actually a huge leap in the right direction. Yes. So they've, they've got, they've you know, they've released this PDF checklist in the last sort of couple of years with, um, I think it was with um, some Nationwide and some Barclays case studies, those kind of things are starting to come a little bit more um, to the fore. So people are now getting a framework because obviously the FCA are, are always very, very good at you going to them and saying, is this compliant? Yeah. And they'll come back and say, try it. You know, And, and it's almost like we, that that's the first that you're not going to bother then because mm-hmm. you don't know if it's compliant or not. Whereas now you're starting to see I think, like you say, most more people are going into social. Most people are starting to consume off a smartphone, which totally limits the ability to have all your disclaimers that we used to have on the bottom of paid on um, print ads. Mm. You know, the little the little asterisks that had 14 lines of text. You're not going to get that on a mobile device. You're not going to get that in someone's Facebook feed. You're not going to get that on someone's Twitter. How do we now respond to that? And at the moment, we are seeing a growing number moving into it. But up until this point, it's been a case of, I just won't do it. Yeah, I had a bit of an epiphany moment talking to a marketing manager in a financial services company uh, not so long ago. And I won't name the company because they'd probably be quite embarrassed about it. Uh, but the conversation conversation was the usual one let's let's have a look at how we could integrate social media into our marketing and the pushback was well i don't think we should be using it because we can't take the risk of breaking any of the compliance rules and in the course of the conversation it became obvious that this marketing person was seeing social media entirely as a promotional vehicle so of course in in their head all they were saying is that every time we put a tweet out or a post on linkedin or whatever it was in their head, it was an advert, and their mindset was thinking, well, there's no way we can put all the compliance sign-off within the 140 characters or, or make it work. But as the conversation developed, and I said, well, it actually, you know, social media, yes, you can use it to promote, but 
a lot of it is much more on an engaging level and having a conversation with a potential customer. You might not even mention products. You might not even get into that promotional space. And if it isn't a promotion, then it doesn't break the rules and therefore you can feel a little less uptight about it. And after that conversation, I think, you know, the, the, the person was thinking, oh, okay, I, I, I didn't really get that about social media. And maybe that sort of approach, that, that mindset is still prevalent amongst a lot of people out there. Yeah, I, th- I think there's sort of, I mean, two things to say to that. One, yeah, I think social media is, is, is more than sales. So it, it, it's called social media marketing for a reason. Mm. It's not called social media selling. Um, and, and then secondly, what we found especially is, is that building related communities of people so building i don't know say you have a a boat insurer Mm -hmm. um you don't you don't build a community around boat insurance (laughs) you build a community around boats yes you don't have to talk about compliance. You don't have to. You, you talk about the, the latest Sunseeker WYSIWYG. It's a bit more sexy. You know, a picture of a Sunseeker is pretty sexy mm. compared to the picture of the insurance policy premium. Yes. Um, or your policy wording or your key facts document or anything like that. So, and, and to be honest, that starts to enthuse people. And we, we've helped we've helped companies build these communities. And they may dip into them possibly and put a marketing message in front of them maybe once a month. Mm. But they've got a community of... 60, 70, 80,000 people around a particular niche that are communicating and sharing photos and all that kind of stuff in a, if you like, a controlled environment, mm-hmm. but they know it's a branded environment, even though it's sat on Facebook. Mm-hmm. The, the client has it branded. It's their cover image. Any messages comes out, comes out from, from the brand. So it, it can work sort of very, very well. The other thing to say about social media, especially when you're in meetings with people, just because you're not talking about your brand on social media, it doesn't mean everyone else isn't. You know, we do see instances of people I've sat in meetings and they've said, oh, we don't use Facebook. And you type their company name into Facebook, they're on Facebook. They don't realize they're on Facebook, but they are being talked about. And it can be a sales, um, not sales thing. It can be a service thing. It can be a support tool. It can be just be a way of engaging with customers, even existing customers, not necessarily new customers. Um, so there's a whole raft of things and we're not talking about stalking people online and checking where they are and all that kind of stuff, which has sort of come out in recent months with insurers. But just in terms of actually my customer's got an issue, where's the, his first port of call? It may not be a website because he might be on his mobile phone. So he's going to probably use the, the communication tool he uses. We talked about Snapchat earlier. Yeah. Maybe you post something on Snapchat. Maybe you post on Instagram. Maybe you post on Facebook. Maybe you post on Twitter. If you're not there listening to those social media platforms, and I'm just talking about listening to them, not necessarily having a presence on them, you're missing all this potential ability to talk to your customers. And I think that's one thing. I know this probably isn't the thing we originally started to talk about, but I think it's quite important that even if your social media strategy is not to have a social media strategy, I think you need somebody in the office actually looking around thinking, where are the opportunities with with customer support and service? But also you could pick up some customers off the back of bad will against. This is one of the reasons why the podcast, I love doing these podcasts so much because sometimes you, you start having a conversation about one thing, but it highlights something else. And, you know, I almost want to stop and shine a spotlight on what you've just said there because it is so crucially important. 
a lot of people think social media is just about talking to people. But what you've articulated there is that it is also about listening. And even, as you say, even if you never tweet, even if you never post, you can still listen to what people are saying about you, to what people are saying about the industry that you work in. And you can find out positive things people are saying, negative things people are saying. You might find insights. You might, you might actually get an idea for your next product just by listening to what people are saying. So, yeah, thanks, Jason, for bringing that one up, even though that wasn't on our list of things to talk about, because using social media to listen to me is one of the massive strengths of that platform that a lot of people just don't even think about. No. I mean, we're going to probably come on to referrals, but if we touch on referrals as part of social media, what mm. one thing that most people do think about is they think, oh, people share stuff on social media all the time, so I'll mm. get them to talk about my product. Mm. Now, in the lending space, it's very difficult to get Mr. Jones to post on Facebook that he loved the fact he just went to X bank and took out a loan for £15,000 and the customer service was fantastic yeah. because we're British Yes, we, we, we don't want to share that kind of stuff, which is, you know, sad for the bank. It's not a good thing. Mm. Um, so in terms of referral, social media is it, a little bit tricky. It, it, it's almost we, we find it. It's almost that sort of low burn, get people into a community, spread the community aspect of the business. So it could be, you know, you're doing some fundraising. So you post all that kind of stuff and get people to share that kind of thing. And then in a roundabout kind of way, you're sort of referring people into your Facebook presence or, or whatever it may be. Mm. If you're listening to people, you can then reach out to them and try and attract people that way. So that sort of referral could be, it, it's almost, I hate to say, it's almost inbound in a way because yes. you're not reaching out to people that haven't raised an issue already. You're not having to sell the concept of your product. They know the concept of your product, which is why they're asking a question about it. And then if you're reaching out to them at that point, you're more likely, and as long as you make sense to, to and answer the question and you're not just having a sausage machine automated robo advice piece of equipment <laughs> out there like you can now with facebook messenger and all that kind of stuff where mm. you can automate a whole bunch of stuff if you're going back and giving some thought to answering the question they asked i think that can work quite well especially for the, the sort of the more local guys so you know if you're a local financial advisor and you want you only want clients within a 15 mile radius of the office because you don't really want to travel too far and you you like to do the face-to-face -face appointments and all that kind of stuff um that's a great way of doing that and almost sort of self-selecting who you're talking to on social media and who you're trying to attract referrals from and and let, let's let's go in a bit deeper into referrals because this was a subject that i wanted to talk to you about jason and, and obviously being an agency closely working with a companies through all um, types of financial services you'll be seeing the trends that have emerged over the over the years and i think particularly with financial advisors but i think broad spectrum as well referrals have always been bread and butter way of acquiring new clients it'd be interesting to see whether you think that that that's changing and as we are seeing more social media and digital marketing and video and, and that sort of thing emerging are referrals a thing of the past, or or is it still pretty important? Um, to be honest, it, it's still very, very important. Mm. I, I was actually on a call this morning with a client who who we're sort of struggling with a little bit because he's spending quite a bit of money on his marketing, which is you know great for him and, mm. and, and everything else is working. But he's still saying to me, you know, ninety percent of my business is still coming through word of mouth referral mm. and through existing customers increasing what they spend with us. Mm. 
which is fantastic. But what he's saying is, you know, I, I can't seem to crack that nut. Mm. So, um, and we have that within certain industries and certain products that it, it's always going to be word of mouth and it's always going to be that referral and all you need to speak to these guys about your insurance yeah. or speak to these guys about your finance. Um, so I think that's always going to be there. So what we always say to people is let's look at what you currently have. So look at your customer database. You can reach out to them and you can set up some kind of formal referral process. So, you know, you can be asking them if you're sending out a monthly newsletter and hopefully everyone on this call, everyone listening is going to be sending out a monthly yeah. newsletter. Um, you know, you can start talking about, you know, have you got friends or family that need a bit of support or a bit of advice or, or whatever? Or you can, you can, let's use social media. Let's do these AMAs, you know, these ask me anythings mm. between three and four o'clock every Thursday, log on to Facebook and ask me any question you like about financial planning. And you can generate some referrals that way. And if you email that out to your email list, you can be generating referrals that way do you have partner referral programs so are you talking to as an ifa are you talking to estate agents letting agents solicitors the people that you go and have a a breakfast meeting with or you if you're part of a networking group you know you can generate these sort of referral programs platforms call them what you like mm. but we're still seeing that at the end of the day referrals aren't going anywhere mm. I, I think everything else becomes a distraction. Everything else becomes it's it's the shiny shiny toy syndrome. Yeah. You know the next thing. What's the next thing? What's the next thing? Some clients come to us and they say, right, what's the thing we need to be looking at for the next six months? And you say to them, let's stick an inquiry form on your website. It, it can be it can be that silly. It can be that they're too busy looking far too far ahead. Mm. And they haven't got the basics in place. They don't know how how their website's working because it doesn't have a lead form on there that generates a, an inquiry that comes into an email that stores itself somewhere. Yeah. They they don't know who's sending them traffic. They don't know where their site visitors are coming from. It's silly little things, but it makes a big difference because then you can focus on those types of referrals. Yeah, I think it's one of the things I've found with the um, consultancy work that I do that quite a lot of the time, again, it's a consequence of the digital landscape that we live in at the moment. But people will often say, we need to be on Twitter or we need to be on Snapchat. Well, actually, very few people say they need to be on Snapchat, but we did talk about it before. <laughs> we need to be doing video. We need to be doing ebooks. We need to be doing webinars. And I always say, Let, let's just let's just slow down. Let's not think about the latest shiny toy like you've said let's go back and have a look at your overall marketing strategy now sometimes that's that gets people diving for cover because i always find that if i use the s word the strategy word it it does send people into a panic because they think it's going to be all really complicated and horrible but actually i think a lot of companies forget that they need to define who their customer is and they need to define which of their customers' problems they're selling, and then they can evolve their offering. And once they know those three things, they can start to decide what activity to put behind that. And that could be some social media, or it could be some advertising, or it could be webinars, or whatever it might be. But let's not dive straight into the tactics. Let's work out what our overall proposition is. And I think that sometimes, because everything is so shiny and new, we do forget the basics, don't we? It, it's almost become self-selecting. And, and you use the S word, the word that we all hate in our little space is the P word, the personas, um, <laughs> because you need to develop that ideal customer. And, mm. and, and the, But the problem is everyone looks at it and they say, well, everyone's my ideal customer. Yeah. 
really 65 million people your ideal customer really i don't think you've got enough budget so you can once you start looking at your existing customer base you'll start to see trends for example we have um, a haulage client um, and we do some social media for them what we found was rather than just saying let's use linkedin because it's a haulage company Mm -hmm. so it's b2b so it's grown up you know it's it's social networking in suits let's actually look at the customer base then you find out that the best type of customer for them is an independent so he Mm. runs his own truck Mm. so he's driving his own truck so he's not sat behind a desk Mm -hmm. so there's no point serving him linkedin ads on a desktop no what's he going to be doing he's going to be talking to the missus about what time he's going to be home for tea and they might do that on facebook messenger yeah Ah, Facebook. Right. Okay. What can we do with Facebook? And it, it once you once you identify that persona, that customer, the referral chain becomes self-selecting. So yeah. you don't have to be on everything. We yeah. we never say, but but you could have two companies with completely different customer personas, and they'll have completely different marketing strategies, although they're in the same space. Mm. Um, and we find that all the time. That's why we get clients that come to us and go, yeah, but you work with X and they're in that space as well. And you say, but they've got a completely different customer base to what you guys have. Um, but you just don't see it. So I think sometimes looking at the strategy, looking at the persona will actually save you a lot of money, an awful lot of money because you can't, you can't market to everybody. Um, and it may be that heaven forbid social media isn't for you in terms of promotion and spending money that's just it just be a listening piece that every day you spend 10 minutes seeing what's going on in the world seeing what questions are being asked about your product and maybe answering a few people and then moving on it could be that way because it could still be that seminars are still the way that you make money or it could be trade shows remember those those. um you know there's still trade shows that go on within specific industries that are very very good for 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 driving um, referrals and business and all that kind of stuff so i think you do have to do that sort of sort of strategy persona piece but then once you've done that you need a way of making sure it's working so you need you do need to stick some kind of tracking in place i keep coming back to this on the podcast jason and it's my philosophy for keeping strategy simple it's identify who your customer is and you've called it a persona some people called it an avatar i heard one person a friend of mine john asperian he calls it a pen portrait i love that um, description and once you know who your customer is Work out what their problems are. Talk to them. Listen to them. Do what you've said. Listen to them on on social media. Find out what their problems are. And then your offering is how you can solve their problem better than anybody else. That's your competitive advantage. And then you can start to decide what activity, what marketing activity, tactical stuff you can do to support your referrals, as you've said before, and to promote if necessary, and to engage with them depending upon the channel that you decide to go down and it's interesting you know going back to the referrals i think that a lot of what's out there now i guess referrals always used to be about the person didn't they so you know oh, i'm happy to refer joe blogs ifa to my friends because he's a really nice guy and he knows his stuff but now you know you you might have on your website a really good ebook which talks about how pensions work or how life insurance works and you might be getting a referral not only because you're a nice guy and you know your stuff but you've actually published a really handy reference guide 
on a subject which people are interested in yeah i mean we 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 love that kind of thing so sort of reports the sort of autoresponder courses the mm. you know five set seven day courses that you get over the, the the space of a week that kind of thing yeah because what that does is, is that helps the ifa who hates selling mm. so what you say to him is you ain't selling anything you're giving it away yeah so give it away yeah don't worry about selling it you're not asking them to buy anything the fact that you're giving them all this knowledge and it is it's a little bit of a bribe because in return for that you're going to ask for a few details you're not going to ask for everything but you're going to ask for their name and their email address and the and the ability to send the marketing messages at infrequent times in the future that's a good trade-off if they're going to get something of value and that something of value is basically your brain dump that's going to be totally unique to you that you give out and people are going to go, yeah, this guy knows his onions or girl knows their onions. And I want to work with this person to help me save money, make money, whatever it may be. And that we love it. And the other beauty of that is, of course, is you could also thinking a little bit more naturally, if you have a referral network of, like we said before, letting agents, estate agents, whatever it may be, because it's just a document, you could rebadge it and rebrand it for those guys and then they can give it away. Yeah. You know, it, it then becomes, I hate to say multi-level marketing, but it's mm. almost that sort of multi-level thing. So it's doing a lot more for you than just it sitting on your website. Mm-hmm. And, and, and we found from, from experience a lot of clients that hate selling because they're either on their own, they run their own office, maybe there's one or two of them. You bet your bottom dollar, if you said to them, you need to outbound this customer, yeah. suddenly they love admin. Yes. I, haven't got, I haven't got time to call a new client because I'm busy doing this shit over here. <laughs> and, and, and you know, really, no, they're just, they've got sway palms. They just don't want to do it. So what we found is this sort of give to give, uh, this give to get thing. Uh, works really really well and that can be shared on social media and that's where you can control the compliant message because all your compliant information is within the document yeah and and it and it just creates trust doesn't it and it creates a, a, a an environment where people feel comfortable with a firm or with an individual you know i'm getting something for free from these people and and you know in future as that relationship develops you'll actually think well i won't mind paying this person for their actual services yeah and and doing that sort of within a sort of if you like an email auto responded way it will allow you to keep in touch you know let's 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 talk about the 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 elephants in the room tcf can talk to customers on an ongoing basis so that when the customers decides that he's ready or you send him a note in 12 months time i hope you're sending him more frequent notes than that to say you know X months ago, you feel this and he's going to go, who who on earth are you people? I don't remember that because we're so instant, you know, we forget everything within sort of five minutes. But if you can get someone into an email chain that you're then constantly touching base with and you're not selling product, you could be telling him, you know, we've updated the guide because there's been paint pension changes or we've updated this because of this. And you're just gently, gently nurturing over time. And you can automate all this. It's not that someone's got to sit and write out letters like the old days to hundreds of clients to update them this can all be automated and it just allows you to sort of nurture them so they may not be ready today they may just be fact finding 
but in three months' time, they would have had your whole course. So maybe they've had five or six touch points with you. Then they've gone into your monthly newsletter. So three months down the line, they've had all this contact with you so that when they're ready, you're front of mind. Yeah, it's classic content marketing, Jason, isn't it? You're creating a long-term relationship. And these days, most people will go onto the internet and they'll search, they'll type in a question into Google, they'll look for information. And if you're the one who gives people that information, that starts the relationship and as you say it builds up over time and eventually they know you they like you maybe even love you enough and trust you enough to actually pay you for your services and do you think and is your experience that more financial professionals are getting into this and are understanding this and can see the the power in what you've been explaining to me yeah i think they 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 do we we do um we, we still see a lot of people that for, for want of a better word, do get burnt. So they, they, you know, they go to a networking breakfast, someone's standing there talking about Facebook ads for local plumbers and they think, oh yeah, Facebook ads, that sounds good. And and they can burn a thousand pounds in a day they, without really understanding what they're doing. Yeah. Um, and then all of a sudden, as you know and I know, we get the old chestnut, well, social media advertising didn't work and did it. And, and they won't, and they probably won't come back to it. So we do see that. We, we do see um, the other thing that we're starting to see, which is quite interesting, is we have clients coming to us that may have relied on lead generators in the past. So they may have relied on a lead company to provide them with leads. And what we're now starting to see is we're starting to see business owners starting to be a little bit more savvy and saying to us, yeah, that's a good lead source, but I can't really rely on it. I want to generate my own lead sources so that I'm generating unique leads for my business rather than having to fight with four or five other brokers mm. um, when that lead sort of pops up. So we're starting to see that kind of thing, and that's sort of working quite well. Facebook is very, very good because if you have a customer persona, you can target that persona. Facebook advertising gives you 200 different characteristics and profiling abilities. So you, you, we can find your customer on Facebook. And you can be a business customer. You could be a personal, just a, you know, a B2C kind of. So it's all there. People are starting to do it. Um, the sad thing is, is that people that aren't doing it are missing out. But I can understand that they may be missing out because they've spent some money they've tried to do it in-house or they've employed somebody that may be very good at local business yes but don't understand compliance don't understand and, and they've just wasted money and from our experience this isn't just uk-wide we're, we're talking to eight or nine u.s financial advisors at the moment because i posted on a facebook group somebody was asking if anyone had any experience with facebook ads for financial advisors and like a mug I couldn't stop myself. I just posted, <laughs> yeah, we can do that. Yeah. And then all of a sudden I'm getting all these US financial advisors going, help, help. We've spent, we've spent a whole bunch of money, man, and it's not working. And it's just like, okay, so, you know, it's not a UK problem. It's not, a, it, it, you know, it, it's everywhere. It, it's, a, it's a knowledge thing. It, it's, it's getting the right thing. But people come, come at it, I think, from the wrong way. And I think when we started the conversation about understanding your customer and understanding what they want and getting to that for them as quickly as possible is a thing. One of the things in America at the moment is still the sort of trying to get bums in seats and, and giving them a meal and then having yeah. this sort of seminar type thing. Don't know how it still works, but it seems to still work. And that's the first thing that they're trying to drive. And you say to them, what's the end goal mm. well we want to get appointment we want to get appointments for clients yeah and you go okay why don't you just ask them for the appointment why take them out to dinner spend the money you know 
I'm not being funny. Yeah, I'd love a free steak. Don't get me wrong. I'm, I'll be I'll be first in line for a free steak. But if I want financial advice, I want it when I want it. I don't want to have to go listen to somebody for two hours, have a meal, go home, and then make an appointment. Why don't I just make the appointment and sort short circuit some of this stuff? And then the other thing that we're now talking to them about is webinars. So we're saying to them, look, you know, at the moment you're having to do these seminars all over the place. Yeah. But if you do a webinar, you only have to do it once. I'm the laziest person in the world. You only have to do it once and then you can just record it and then just reuse it as if it's new. A lot of this is just breaking age-old traditions, isn't it? Why do you take people out and feed them? Because we've always done it. And I think that what what we've established today is that there is a new way of doing things, but it's building upon a traditional referral technique. That hasn't changed. It's just the way that we do it that's changed. And we can be more efficient, can be more cost effective as long as we know who we want to target. Yeah, and, and that's the thing. I think as long as you realize that, that it's the same old thing, just with a different coat on. Yeah. You know, if it walks like a duck, looks like a duck, and quacks like a duck, it's a duck. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't matter that you, that you now call it an eye duck, it's still a duck. <laughs> yeah. I blame America for this. America are very good at recreating different names for the same thing. Yes. So, for example, affiliate marketing. Now, you and I would know that as referral, a referral network, mm. a partner network. Amazon call it an associate network. Mm. The affiliate marketing industry have rebranded it to performance marketing. Right. So you've got somebody that's going to look at all these different things and think, right, I need all this stuff. It's the same thing. Yeah. And it's the same with social media marketing. It's the same thing. It's content. It's delivery. It's engaging with people on a one-to-one basis. But they don't think beyond it. They don't think, well, what do I want from this? I just need to do it. I just need to spend some money on it. Exactly. And that's going back to what we said before. A lot of people start diving straight into the tactics without actually defining what their goals are, what their customers are, and how they're going to solve their customers' problems. Jason, this has been a fascinating discussion, and I suspect we could probably go on for the rest of the afternoon uh, (laughs) chewing the fat over these fascinating issues. But I just want to move on a little bit and get a feel for some of the things that excite you out there in the marketing world. So is there a marketing campaign or a product or a or something that you've seen recently from a, either from a competitor or a completely different industry that's made you sit back and think, wow, I like that one. Um, the things that sort of excite me a little bit, but we can't actually pour into sort of finance, if you like, is, is virtual reality. So we, we're doing a whole bunch of stuff at the moment with a, with a motorhome manufacturer. Uh-huh. And what we're doing is we're, we're actually doing virtual reality sessions of their motorhomes. Mm-hmm. So what that's going to allow people to do for the first time is they're not going to have to walk into a showroom and walk around a motorhome. They're going to be able to do it online and they'll be able to physically walk through it click on a button they'll be able to open up what the oven is what the what the stereo is and all that kind of stuff that's kind of exciting stuff and jason tell me is there a business book you've read recently that you'd like to recommend to the listeners of the podcast um to be honest the the, the stuff i'm reading online at the moment I, I sort of do a lot of reading online but the 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 guy that i always buy print books from is probably um <clears throat> excuse me gary vanichuk yeah 
Um, I like Gary's stuff because it is small, it's easy, bite-sized stuff. And, and his new um, Gary V stories is quite good because it is almost, okay, it's a 300-page book, but it's almost little bite-sized paragraphs that you can sort of dip in and dip out of. So it's, um, it, it's sort of quite useful. Other than that, it tends to be online boring marketing stuff, to be honest. So it's, you know, it's, it's the mozzies of this world. It's, uh, it's um, search engine land, search engine watch, those kind of things. So it's sort of uber geek stuff, really. Fantastic. Jason, it's been really, really interesting to talk to you this afternoon, hoping that people listening to the podcast are going to want to get in touch with you. So tell me what the best way is that people should connect with you. Um, well, there's a couple of ways, really. I mean, they can visit us online, um, which is um, speedyconsulting.co.uk. So that's S-P-E-E-D-I-E, consulting.co.uk. Um, they can just simply email me at um, jason at speedypr.co.uk. So it's still S-P-E-E-D-I-E-P-R.co.uk. Or you can sort of track us down on Facebook. So if you type you know, Speedy Consulting into uh, or Speedy Consultants into uh, Facebook, you'll find us. Fantastic. And I will include links to those contact details in the show notes page for this podcast, which you can find at rogeredwards.co.uk forward slash M-A-F. That's rogeredwards.co.uk forward slash M-A-F. Jason, thanks very much for coming on the show. It's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you. And let me wish you every success in the future. And hopefully we'll get to meet up in person at some point in the near future. Yeah, thanks, Roger. No, appreciate your time. Thanks for listening to the Marketing and Finance Podcast. Do please look at the show notes at rogeredwards.co.uk forward slash MAF for links to the topics, apps, and books we discussed. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a review on iTunes. If you are a business person, financial services professional or journalist and have a marketing or finance story to tell, please get in touch. You could be the next guest on the show. And do remember, nothing we talk about on the show is financial advice of any kind. It's just thoughts and opinions, okay? Okay.